0: Your lesson should say trimester three, lesson four. Is that correct? Now, I realize this may seem like it has absolutely nothing to do with you. Or, or then again, it may, you may feel like it has everything to do with you. Um, but it does not matter. I will assure you that everyone that is here will, will be able to glean something out of this tonight that you'll be able to make applicable uh, in your life. Uh, we started these classes in order to train people. In order to give oversight leadership and one of the things one of the lessons here is how to prepare to teach preach or speak in public because as a leader oftentimes you'll find yourself in the middle of an audience of some sort it doesn't matter if there's two or three or if there were two or three hundred or two or three thousand um it's always good to know what to do how to do it and to be prepared if you have that opportunity of course the word tells us does it not to be in season or out of season so sometimes you're just caught you know, in a season that you didn't have time to prepare, and hopefully because you spent time preparing, that those moments will not be as panic-stricken as sometimes they will create. I- I'm only going to read First Timothy 3, verse 2, just to get us started tonight. And um, it is in the passages of Scripture that deal with leadership. Um, different versions will translate these words in different ways. Um, my version says bishop, a bishop then must be, uh, some will say an elder, uh, the word there is scopio, which we have mentioned before is the one that gives oversight. If you were to literally translate it, it says he who watches over. And so really it has more to do with leadership and it's a leadership principle. One who watches over, it says, or a leader must be blameless. Uh, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable. And I like the old King James Version because it says, apt to teach. Uh, my version says, able to teach. And so, uh, while I understand that not everybody is necessarily gifted to teach in, in perhaps the most precise and, and technical way, not everybody has the motivational gift of teaching I understand that. Um, but in order to give leadership, there has to be a capacity to at least, you know, give direction and to give inspiration or to give instruction. There are many reasons that you might find yourself having to stand and communicate. And one of the things that I think it's really important is that as Christians and as mature believers or those who are at least maturing, um, we need to be sure we do our best to uh, present ourselves well our, and be as articulate as we can and, uh, and prepare for that moment. When you study for the ministry in a more traditional sense, which is what I went through, I went through a college and then after college I went to graduate school, and they put you through these classes that's called homiletics. Now, basically, they should just call it public speaking because that's what it means. Um, and in these particular classes, you spend time learning how to outline things and how to construct things. And, and, uh, and then usually they put you up in front of your class, and then they, they videotape you. Um, you know, it's bad enough if you're ever audio recorded. I don't know if you've ever been audio recorded. How many of you have ever had their voice audio recorded here? And then you have listened to it, and then you say to yourself, I don't sound like that, right? I mean, that's really true, because you hear yourself through your inner ear. So I hear myself a certain way right now, and then I'll go listen to iTunes, or every now and then I'll just say, well, I wonder what I said. And, uh, and then I'll hear that, and I'll say, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, isn't it the most humbling experience you've ever had when you have to listen to yourself? Well, if you want to know what takes you to the next level, get a DVD of yourself. <laughs> That'll take you to a whole new level of humility. Um, because you just don't imagine yourself looking like that. And, of course, you know, uh, you know, other people look at you so they don't think you look all that weird, funny, or out of order. But you don't see yourself all the time. And so they would do that to us, and then, and then they'd take it even to a deeper level. They would let your classmates, now listen, who know nothing, fill out these critique sheets for you. I, I mean, there's nothing worse than having a classroom of clueless people telling you what they think you did Right or wrong. But they were, they were. Yeah, no, they didn't even have to sign it. That's true. They didn't even have to sign it. It doesn't seem fair, does it? But they're just getting you prepared for the ministry because it just happens a lot. So um, I simply say that to you because um, I'm just amazed, even in our circles, uh, and, and Tracy had given me a buzz this afternoon, and she just said, you know, they've, they've heard some wonderful, delightful things. And and I was just, I was kind of appreciative, and I don't know that she'd mind me saying, but she said, Kevin, I just want to say thank you. And I said, what are you saying thank you for? It's because all my life, you've been training me how to stand up and talk to people. And I'm telling you, there are a lot of people out here who've never had any training at this. So I said, well, you're welcome. I know it's been kind of bumpy at times, but But in order to learn to do something well, and I'm I'm not even saying, you know, that I would do it well. I had two years. I've had two years of classes just in a formalized setting. Some of you may say you could have used a couple more years, Pastor. But anyway, the point being is, is, that I just think there's an importance because it just doesn't come naturally. So that's why this lesson happens, and whether it's in an, a church setting, a ministry setting, or maybe your job, you have to do presentations. I know Ed does presentations a lot, and so, um, you know, there's a way to handle yourself that I think can, can grant you greater authority. Now, I'm, I'm going to go through this quickly because I want to get to the back, and I don't want to run out of time, but in the middle of your notes, I put down here, some people confuse their inability to organize as being spiritual. Now, what you say, what do you mean by that? I mean, some people are always being so led of the Spirit, and they're just hiding their inability to organize and prepare. I just, I just say what God tells me to say. Well, that's great, but I wouldn't blame the Holy Spirit for what just came out of your mouth if I were you. I just wouldn't do that. Now, I, I believe in being spontaneous, too. But you know what I believe? I believe that, that God, the Holy Spirit, uses what's been put inside of you. In other words, he can only pull what you put in. I tell that to my daughter all the time, you know, because she wants the Holy Spirit to give her answers to tests when she goes to school. And I look at her and I say, you know, the Holy Spirit will help you with your tests, but you got to put something in there so he can bring it to your remembrance. And so you need to realize that when we're out there making you memorize scripture or when we're doing certain things that's producing a discipline in your life, get a handle on this. It's just not because we just like being hard or tough or trying to constrict you or whatever the case may be. The Holy Spirit can only pull what you put in. It seems to me the, the word would be a good thing to put in there. It's just not just being unorganized or undisciplined and just and then just looking at everybody and saying, you're more spiritual. No, you're not. I've got that one. So, all right? So, we're, we're learning in our, in our preparation to, to, to lead that uh, we need to bring some preparation. Now, I know not everyone's a teacher. We're not expecting everyone to be a teacher. Some are exhorters and encouragers and they're prophets and other things. And we'll get to that, by the way, in this trimester. But it's interesting that the Hebrew word for teacher means he who points by the finger, or we could say she who points by the finger. And the other word for teacher is he who shoots as an archer. In other words, the capacity to hit, I, I call it hitting the bullseye. I don't know if you've ever listened to people speak and you just say, would you finally get to your point? They haven't hit the bullseye yet well we want to be able to hit the bullseye we want to point the way hit the target now i put down here if you're ever given those moments but and we're going to use the ministry setting getting an idea what should i talk about now again this was about uh, helping connect leaders begin to move into their assignments Um, sometimes we'll give curriculum and and we'll assign books and things Uh, But what do you do if there's no curriculum? Where do I get an idea? Well, a novel thought is go to the Bible. I mean, uh, the Bible, it has all sorts of things that uh, can be shared. Now, we understand that for lots of people, they understand and know the Scripture, but sometimes it's hard to draw things out. So that's why we will use books and curriculum uh, because those are already constructed ways of getting biblical concepts out to people. We also realize that people's needs, you know, uh, sometimes you just know there's a general need and uh, that can make a good topic with which to uh, share books and tapes, magazines, uh, certain experiences. Although I think we need to be careful, <clears throat> some people have created whole ministries on experiences. And while that's that's appropriate, certainly that God can do things in our experience, um, God doesn't only move in experience. He moves in these other ways as well. Sometimes pastor's message can create an idea Uh, I even put Christian TV down here although a lot of what comes over Christian TV you probably need to let go through your filter Um, but but all of these are ways I've I've just learned through the years people have asked me they said how do you how do you know what you're going to talk about and 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 when you start doing this I'll just share with you at first the first time you ever speak you tell everybody everything you know and then it's like I don't have anything else to say. And, and so then it gets hard or it becomes work to figure out what am I going to say next. <laughs> you know, Sunday comes every seven days. You know, I, some days, some weeks, I wish it'd go about eight or nine. That doesn't work that way. And, and what happens is, is that you have to work at it. But here's the amazing thing. When you work at it and you begin to put something inside that God can use, it's amazing how he'll start pulling that that stuff up. And I put down here, a good lesson does not always have to be exotic revelation. I put down here, people don't always need to know the mysteries of the revelation as much as they need to understand the mystery of their spouse. I mean, I, I remember going to one service. I was at his camp meeting. This guy started talking about God's orbital phase in the third heaven, and he was somewhere. And I'm sitting there going, I, dude, I don't even know where you're going, and I, I'm not a ding-dong. But he had this exotic revelation, and he was sharing it. And, and, and half the crowd, you know, that was there, was they were, apparently they were getting something I wasn't getting. <laughs> but uh, you know what? People, people want to hear from God, but it doesn't have to be this exotic, mysterious thing. Um, we, we need to make things receivable. And if it's not receivable, years ago I had a secretary, and she'd type up notes of mine oftentimes. And uh, when I'd come and get them, uh, she'd say something to the effect, you know, uh, Pastor Baird, I really liked uh, what you were saying here, but my question now is, how do you do that? How do you do that? And she did that to me so much that it became this resounding tape in my mind that, that whenever some form of preparation to talk to you comes before me, I always... <laughs> answer the question do they know how to do that do they know why that's important can they understand why this matters because if you just share something that's really exotic and and experiential and all those things they may have their place but if everybody looks at you and they walk out of here and they're still bound and they're still struggling and they can't get their act together i mean that that isn't why jesus came and died there was a reason that he revealed what he did in his word and so I just share with you that ultimately everything you stand up and talk about has got to have some sort of practical uh, application into people's lives. Um, And I'll just run down here to number five real quick. Whenever you're sharing something with folks, I just put down here, have one major thought. One major thought. If if folks can walk away with one idea, you've really succeeded. (laughs) One of the things... I, and I chuckle about this, it's, it, it is not a criticism or in any way to be uh, demeaning, but most of the time when folks leave on Sunday morning, all they remember is that Pastor Baird wanted a minibike when he was in fourth grade. <laughs> you're laughing, you know why you're laughing right now? It's because that's what you remember, instantly. Oh yeah, 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 Mini minibike story, yeah, that was great, that mini bike story. Now the minibike story had a point to it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't remember the minibike story. Okay, well, the point being is is that, is that folks can't handle uh, more than one major point. Now, there may be some subpoints in a major point, but, but if you can just get one major point in a person's system, um, usually you, you you succeeded. The technical term of that is a proposition. That doesn't mean you're soliciting something from somebody. The proposition is what I mean to communicate. This is what I mean to communicate. All right. Now, how do you organize some things? Let's just talk a little bit about organization. You know, we spend literally weeks. There are weeks of training that you can take for organizing your thoughts and organizing what it is you want to present. And so for me to stand here and say everything you need to know about public speaking in one easy lesson in 45 minutes uh, is, is comical, but I, I want to just throw some things out to help you become organized. Because can I just share this with you? If you get your life organized and you just bring order to your thoughts and you bring order to your life, you will be in management in your job and, and it just in life. Because people generally are disorderly. They're disconnected. Uh, they don't understand how to organize and... Out of that breeds chaos. And if you can just be a life that has minimal chaos, you're the leader. <laughs> Are you following me? And, and so the reason we underscore here at this church and ministry is order is because, do you understand the earth was without form and void? It was in chaos and what the minute god showed up what did he do he put it in order every time god shows up he moves and he works in order and and this is just one aspect of order your your ability to organize you know your thoughts and and how you communicate and this is kind of what i do you don't have to do it this way but i just throw out one way and you can spring off of that i use a yellow pad usually in my office, and I write the proposition at the top of a yellow pad, and the proposition is, I, I call it a sermon in a sentence or a lesson in a sentence. What What do I want? My proposition is to have the people understand that they must have expectation for God to move miraculously. That's That's it. And so then when I'm writing my notes out, I don't get off on this rabbit trail, and I talk about, you know, something that's, not germane to what we're trying to communicate to you. So I just, I just write a proposition. Then I start writing underneath it. I just start thoughts and research material and illustrations and quotes. And you know you know what's really cool about the Internet is that there's a gajillion things out there that are really helpful in, in study and, and illumination and understanding. It used to be, you know, I used to have 10,000 books on walls. I don't need books anymore. I can just go type in a few things and... You can get about anything you need. And then I just begin to ask questions like, how do you do that? What does it matter? Who is it for? When should it be done? What practical, relevant thing does this accomplish? I mean, think about that. Let's just say, I mean, I'm just using this as I'm pulling things out of thin air, but but there are people out there who, who, who look at, let's say, speaking in tongues and they say to themselves, what, what's that about? You're just babbling around. It looks foolish. It looks crazy. Why even do it? You're alienating people. You'll drive them out of the church. And you know why that is? It's because nobody ever stopped to explain why does it matter. Because sometimes you don't know what to pray. So how are you going to get to God when you don't know what to say or pray? When should it be done? it can be done anytime you can activate that thing anytime you want what practical relevant thing does it accomplish it builds me up in my most holy faith because sometimes i feel incredibly depleted now see that's what you do you just don't look at people and say yeah 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 tongues, tongues, tongue 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 and they're going to walk away and go i don't get it i don't know if i want it da, 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 da. but once we begin to answer these questions then god can begin to woo or solicit people to desire or to want or to even choose maybe to walk in whatever truth it is you're presenting. I'll just use that as an example. And then just outline. Now, here's the cool thing about outline. Right here is the way to outline. Number one is is an introduction. In other words, how do I get people's attention and and I want them to know what I'm going to be saying? That's an introduction. An introduction is only about 10% of what you want to say to somebody. I've listened to people who had 90% of their message was introduction. And then they got down... And they didn't have any time. They, were, they ran out of time. So then explanation, again, why is this important? Then application, how does it, how does it work in your life? And then finally, conclusion, what should be our response? And these are all things with regards to that. Now, I know I'm moving quickly, but there's something I want to get to that's the most important. How do I keep their attention? Um, you know, all of us have life stories and illustrations of how God did something in our life. And everybody loves a good story. Is that not right? I mean, let's be honest, the the messages and sermons and lessons and and connect group teachings and whatever it is, I I can almost assure you that the reason it captivates people or they remember it is because of some story or or, or series of stories that's in it. A story is a powerful thing. A story is like a window that illuminates a, a precept for people. Sometimes people don't understand precept until you tell them a story that they can relate to that helps them understand or sheds light on what it is you're trying uh, to communicate. A lot of people like using props and object lessons. I think I said this before years ago when Tracy and I were in school and and I pastored some rural churches in a circuit. One of the things I did back then was I'd sit on the stairs and every week we did this several different ways. I would bring an object lesson for the kids. All the kids would come down and I'd give them an object lesson. I remember one in particular. I, I brought a paper plate and a toothpaste tube. And, and I had all the kids gather around. I stood on the step. I put the paper on the ground, and I just started squeezing that tube and let that toothpaste just start dripping. And what was so cool is the kids are going, they're loving it because they've wanted to do this at home before, you know, and now pastor's doing it at church. So they, they loved it. But what was really interesting, all the kids are gathered around, but all the parents have their necks cranked out in the aisle or in their seat and they're watching almost more closely than the kids now why is it because everybody everybody's interested in a prop which you, and and of course that that lesson was about words that once words come out of your mouth it's tough to put the toothpaste back in the tube once it's out of the tube and and i just talked to the kids about their words but you know what, I, and I'll assure you that morning, the parents remembered the kid's lesson and they didn't remember anything in the adult message I, They, they, because of the toothpaste tube. So, you know, it's just object lessons aren't just for kids, but they're for adults too. And we're kind of living in an era where there's a lot of, of illustrated messages that are, uh, that are happening. And then finally, uh, questions are good. Um, discussion, and especially in small group, you know, to get people involved and let them interact and 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 let them ask questions. These are good things as well in order to help people's uh, attention uh, to stay with you. Now, the part that I really want to get to is, is this part. And that is just the sheer fact of whether or not I can be organized. i got to stand up and say something out loud to a group of people. And right now, that is paralyzing me thinking about that. And so, w- what in the world do you do? I don't know that I can stand up in front of somebody. I don't know if I was even... I don't know that I want to do that. I don't know that I want to even think about having to do that. And you know, if that if that ultimately is a problem, then it probably will reduce the capacity of you to give leadership or to influence people, because a part of a part of being a leader is oftentimes communicating. Now, everybody has different forums, and and again, uh, the Bible says that there are captains of ten, and captains of fifty, and captains of a hundred, and captains of thousands, and so. Sometimes our our spheres of influence uh, start out small, and and they grow, and sometimes, you know, they're small, and that's just where we are, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's a noble, important place to be, Um, but no matter what forum you happen to be in, I think it's important that you understand a little bit about delivery. Now, uh, as I mentioned to you, uh, they put us through those classes, and that was just... I, I'll be honest with you I got out of graduate school And my esteem level was eviscerated I mean it just It was terrible I mean when, when everybody Is looking at you Saying well you should have done this You should have done that That was terrible This was bad And they're just and, and because Whether you like it or not We all attach our esteem To what we do I mean if someone says You know don't take this personal But I'm going to tell you this <laughs> Of course I'm going to take it personal And you do too because, because we attach what we do a lot of times uh, to who we are. And so uh, whether that's good or bad, it's just the way it is. And so you can imagine if you hear people uh, telling you, you ought to do this, you ought to do that, you ought to, that somehow or another uh, that's easy, it's not. But having said that, can I also share this with you, that if we don't have that, then we can do things that can alienate and irritate and maybe we don't even know and and i'm sure i have quirks i'm sure if we got people up here and you mimic pastor baird there are probably things i'd do that you could just pick up on right away and you would do it and we'd all laugh and have a good laugh at it and 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 i think up to the point i could laugh too but but one of the things is is that since i don't go to school anymore like that i have a lovely wife who will tell me she'll say things like Kevin, do you know how much you've touched your glasses lately? Do you know you, I said, really? Really? Yeah, you're you're fiddling with your glasses too much. Quit fiddling with your glasses. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know I was doing that. Well, how many of you know that could be aggravating if you just And and there are times, and the reason she said thank you to me on the phone was because there are times I will take her off to the side and I will say, Honey, do you know this was Well, no, I didn't know I was doing that. Well, yeah, you're you're that was happening. Oh. Okay, now that's not easy. And, 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 and let me just say, we're not in school here, so not everybody has the right to come do that. I'm not like opening Pandora's box here so everybody can come past her. Do you know that you pound? I say, yeah. Put your head there. All right? So, But, but you ought to have somebody that loves you and cares about you and, and can, can help you in that regard. But there are a couple things here. Um, That I I just want to share with you and number one is your setting will determine several issues Um, if if you're in a small group setting and There's four people in there um, Sometimes it's good just to sit down and share that way Um, you know uh, You don't have to stand up and be larger than life and 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 you know think about think about You know the size of the place you're at as you're sharing with people and the largeness of your gestures I put down here church and community. Your audience makeup will determine your vocabulary, and your in your depth. I, you know, when I come here and I talk to you on Sunday morning, we have developed a rapport or a relationship as pastor and people. That, I mean, you know me, I know you, and there's you know, and sometimes I, most of the time I'll holler <laughs> and do things like that, and and this is just, that's our culture here. Now, if I go to another church, a lot of times I have to. Figure that out. You just don't assume things. Or if you go to the Kiwanis Club, what I do here may not work or fit. Maybe that's a better way to put it. May not fit as you share at a Kiwanis Club. If I pray here, you know, we prayed here tonight before we got going. Now I don't know if if how that would work. I'm not saying it would be wrong, but I'm just saying if my audience is at you know. A national day of prayer downtown that might be different now that doesn't mean i'm capitulating to people but it is saying i, I, I need to understand at least the audience that i'm trying to connect with and 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 consider that and, and consider am i connecting with them um and uh it, we've all we've all probably heard speakers and and those that have shared and we just couldn't connect man It just doesn't mean they were wrong or bad or evil it's just we couldn't connect and maybe it was us or maybe it was them that wasn't thinking how they could do that better. And then lastly, time. Be respectful of people's time and be aware of your limitations to keep their attention. <clears throat> it, takes, it, it takes some skill to talk an hour to people. Um, and and, and, and that even those that think they have the skill don't always have the skill. And, and I, am, I do my best to reel myself in. And believe me, I, I, I think about that constantly. Um, but, but all of us need to think about uh, how much time and how much time we can keep someone's attention. Can I just, I'm going to share this with you, and, and, and it was just an observation. But I went to Columbia, I mentioned that to you this past Sunday, and I listened to all sorts of speakers um, congressmen, um, uh, the former Speaker of the House, and, and some pastors shared. And this was what was interesting to me that they had a clock down front that was, that was ticking off the time when they were supposed to stop because they had numbers of speakers that were to get up and to talk to us. And, and so they had a clock, and when it got down to the end, it would say stop, and, and they were under uh, direction to stop. Now, this is what was amazing to me. The congressmen or those that were in those arenas would stop when it said stop. The pastors... When it said they wouldn't stop. And, and, and literally on that first night, they had so many go over time. It squeezed out almost Pastor Stockstill, who was the last speaker of the night. Now, this is what I liked about Pastor Stockstill, uh, because he's cut of the same cloth I am, is that he only had, everybody was supposed to have 45 minutes, but they were taking an hour, hour 15, and you do that through the night, and you're chewing up a good amount of time. Well, by the time he got up there, he just said, you know, I have about 20 minutes, and in 20 minutes, I'm going to stop, and sure enough, he did. (laughs) He stopped, and the night was over. Now, I don't know that anybody probably paid much attention to that except for me. Maybe there were others. But I, but I, did, I did get this. And this is the part that I just thought was it's sad and comical all at once. And that is we are so crazed over the fact that our, our national government and our state government, they, they, don't, they don't recognize God's authority. They don't recognize any authority. But, but the pulpits of America aren't under authority. So, I'm just saying, think about it. If someone gives you opportunity, think about what they say. And, and God will honor you as you honor that authority. Be respectful of people's time. It really is an, a matter of respect. Um, secondly, everyone gets nervous. Anybody here get nervous when you speak? I mean, I do. I still, to this day, there can be not so much here at home, but, but I can go places and I'll still get nervous. And, uh, and I think that's a good thing. The, the, about the time you think you aren't nervous anymore, maybe the time you're maybe taking something for granted. But, but the truth is, the more you do it, probably the less nervous you become. It diminishes for most people. And, um, you know, just to breathe and, you know, I was, I was a hyperventilator. Years ago, man, I'd get so nervous and I'd start breathing so hard, I'd just hyperventilate. And if you've ever hyperventilated while you're trying to speak, what that means is you got to take about four breaths for every sentence. I'm so glad to be here with you, you know. And it's just you're hyperventilating, and um, and and it just takes some time to work work through that. If you if you get nervous like that, and everybody gets nervous, just just push yourself to share more or push yourself to ask questions or push yourself to to just knock that out of you because I honestly believe that God's going to give us forums to where we're going to be able to input it. I put down here, positive perspective is usually the best way to go. Always do your best to encourage and always leave your listeners with hope, even if it's a strong or serious topic. You know, there are a lot of very somber, serious topics in the Scripture and things that should cause us to pause and uh, even, even to be incredibly uh, uh, maybe chastised or, or rebuked or whatever the case may be. But we, all, we ought always to try to leave people with a sense of hope. It's just God doesn't leave us in a rebuke. He, he gives us hope as well. So even if it's a serious topic, to always try to leave listeners uh, with hope. Uh, never embarrass anybody. Do your best not to do that. I put down here most correction is best handled in private settings, but sometimes when folks don't get it you gotta you gotta you gotta do that and can I just say most of the time probably it is in my court if some correction needs to take place? Um, speak the promises of God and not just your opinions or feelings, and always be or attempt to be optimistic and faith filled I, I wrote down here off to the side, one of the things. Of course, being pastor is, and I, and I get this, and I, I don't abuse it, but I know it's there, is that I get away with things that other people don't get away with. You know, like that thing, you know, put your head there. You, you, if you try to do that in connect group, you'll offend about 10 people. You, why do I, why, well, why come they let you by with it? Because people know me, and they know my sense of humor. I'm pastor, and it just, they just, they just, they just, they just do. I get, I, I'm not saying it's just the way it works. I get away with things, because he's like Dad you know, so you just, he just, that's pastor, that's just his humor, that's so, and, but you, you attempt that, and it won't work, okay, and so, uh, you know, that's not to be abused, I've got to keep that in my forefront of my mind as well, but, uh, so if I have to bring a corrective word, you know, people respond to that, because that's pastor, but if you do that, they, they, it may not respond as well, so you, you need to understand that, that it's usually best to encourage, and, and uh, you can never go wrong with that, and people always need a lot of encouragement. The, the second thing I wrote down here is, is when I violate a principle, I know I'm violating it. <laughs> that, that means is, is that if I do something that you were to say, well, pastor, you didn't do what you say you do. I know. All right? I, but I know I'm violating it, and I'm probably violating it for a reason and 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 it could be a communication reason or something but uh but so so there's liberty but I'm just I'm just giving you again as you're training in this area um just some things you need to keep at the forefront of your thinking be yourself and not someone else um you know there are people we like there are people we want to emulate um and again I remember when I was young uh in the ministry, we had a guy he was a traveling evangelist, pretty famous in our circles and uh, he, he just he, he'd, he'd speak he had this interesting quirk he'd do that you know when he'd speak he'd quirk like that and um, but man he was a phenomenal just a phenomenal speaker but he and and so all the aspiring Ministers would want to emulate him, and so you'd go to homiletics class and you'd get at least, you know, a third of the class standing up and they'd get this twitch because they'd they'd think that was the anointing, I guess. I don't know what they thought. They were emulating, they thought that was some communication technique, and it just, you know, truthfully, just kind of looked goofy. Um, and 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 you got to be yourself if if God's using you, then He knew who you were, and and, and so you know, be genuine, don't be phony spiritual. there's nothing worse than something that sounds plastic and phony. And, and we, we just, you know, when you pray, uh, you know, pray conversationally. Don't, don't get phony. Don't, don't, you know, I try my, you know, that's how I talk. I, you know, if I pray that way, I talk that way. And so I encourage you to do the same. Desire, if you desire to help people, you will succeed. And as you listen to other people, learn from them. I'm I'm to this day a constant learner. I'm always listening. When I I listen to a message, I'm usually listening at about three levels. I'm listening to what they're saying so I can receive it because it's probably something I need to hear. I'm listening to what God's saying. Has this ever happened to you like you're listening to a message, but then it's like this other message is peeling off that message? I mean, that happens to you, doesn't it? And then then it's like you go, whoa, 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 I'm I'm on this other. I got to. I got to zero back into what they're saying. And then, and then I'm, a lot of times I'm listening to their communication style and their structure and when they throw in an illustration, and I, I just listen at several levels. And I've, just, I've trained myself to do that because I want to be a learner. I, I, I believe you're going to learn the rest of your life, and so you need to, to learn. I, you know, Trace will tell you when, when, uh, when we were beginning to do our prophetic work in the ministry, and um, really it was an aspect of training. I told her, I said, you know, when, whenever there's ministry going on, see if you can begin to hear what I'm hearing because God's speaking and see if you can't, if I'm walking up to somebody, see if you can't begin to say to yourself or hear for yourself, what, what is he about to say? And, and you're gonna begin to hear the same thing I hear. And so I began to just help her uh, understand how to hear God's voice in those moments. And what she would literally do was she would just hitchhike on what would take place as she would begin to hear. And she would tell me later, she would say, Kevin, I know exactly who you were going to go to next. And what, why is that? It's because she began to learn um, how you hitchhiked on that and, and began to hear God uh, for herself in that regard. And so learn from people. Um, if God's going to use you, then he's brought people into your life uh, for you to learn from. Um, don't, don't be so arrogant. Don't be so unteachable to think that, that, that you know everything right away. Nobody knows everything right away. I, and, and, and you're not going to know everything, and you're going to be a lifelong learner. Hopefully, I want to be a lifelong learner. So listen to other people. Learn from them. And uh, we can learn lots of things. Even if you say to yourself, whoa, that was a mistake. Don't want to do that. You learned something, didn't you? All right, ask yourself questions. How did they organize that message? When, when did they use illustrations? Um, why was that effective, and can I learn anything from all of this? And then there are 10 things to consider as you speak, and we're done. Number one is, do I have some passion or fire for what I'm about to share? The worst thing you can do is just bore people or dull them to death. All right? I mean, just get some passion and get some fire for what you're about ready to share. Number two, will this make any practical difference in people's lives? Because people want, they want Jesus to have a practical impact in their life. It ought to, he ought to have a practical difference. Um, Can people understand and receive this truth as I am about to share it? All right, if you're, it's great that you're in the third heaven, but all the rest of us are on the earth here. So come on back down out of the clouds and, and get back to where we're at. All right. Number four, is this personal and identifiable to people? Number five, is this interesting or will it put people to sleep? Number six, can I present this with confidence? Number seven, have I got the facts straight and is it true? Oh, my goodness, we could spend some time here. Believe me, if it's not, if it's not true, it'll be unveiled. I'll just, I'll just share that with you. Have you got your facts straight? Make sure you get your facts straight. I was sitting at a table the other day, as I said, in Columbia, we were having a meeting with Pastor Larry, and the guys were sharing, and one of the pastors made reference to a statistic with regards to pastors and things that were going on in their life, and Pastor Larry was writing down some notes, and it was interesting, as he was writing down his notes, he said, man, that's great, I've never heard that statistic, where was that documented from? That's what he said. And it was a true statistic, and the guy was able to bring it up in just a moment, because he wasn't prepared necessarily for that question, but, but I kind of smiled because, you know, when your CDs and your tapes and your DVDs go all over the world, you better have your facts straight. Now, he had to learn that probably years ago. I realize that may not make any difference in a small group now, except with your integrity, but, but it's just a good practice to begin. Make sure it's true and you got your facts straight. Do I have a way to keep people's attention? Will the people be motivated to make some changes in their life? And lastly, did I stick to the main point? Now, again, um, I know this lesson isn't exactly spine-tingling, bone-chilling revelation, but again, if we have ears to hear, I believe God can speak to you and help you and if not, remind you because we're all maturing and I believe that it's God's heart that we be in charge. Don't you? I, I mean, I, if I'm, I'm I'm tired of people who are unregenerate running my nation. I want competent, skilled, spirit-filled Christian people. I don't know, they aren't perfect. I understand they ain't going to be perfect either. But but if I have my druthers, this is who I would rather have run my nation. And that's what we're endeavoring to sow. You'll never know where you may be 10 years from now. And uh, when you're there, you want to be prepared for that moment. Amen. (laughs)